0: Welcome to the Hydric & Struggles Leadership Podcast. Hydric is the premier global provider of senior level executive search and leadership consulting services. Diversity and inclusion, leading through tumultuous times, and building thriving teams and organisations are among the core issues we talk with leaders about every day, including in our podcasts. Thank you for joining the conversation. Hello, I'm Marianne Yule, a principal in the Hydrogen Struggles Johannesburg Office, a member of the firm's financial services and corporate offices practices. In today's podcast, I'm speaking to Candace Pile, the newly appointed General Manager Legal Services for the BMW Group in South Africa. Prior to joining BMW, Candace held various legal leadership positions with other multinationals, including Sage and SAP in the software industry. Candice, welcome and thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Marianne,
0: for the opportunity. Candice, uh, you've long expressed a genuine interest in and commitment to the professional development of your teams. Please tell us why this is so important to
1: you. It's quite obvious to me, having worked individually and in, in other teams, as well as being responsible for building teams, it's just that, the value of the company lies within those teams. And if we don't harness the opportunity to grow and develop talent within the teams, it's ultimately the company uh, that loses out on achieving its end goal. So for me, simply put the team's hold the key to success of the department or the division um, in achieving its goals and ultimately lend to the company delivering on its targets and achievements as well. So, very, very integral part of the business.
0: You'd also mentioned in particular throughout various of our discussions, your servant leadership approach to building high-performing teams. What does
1: it mean in your environment and how do you practically live this out? For me, it's important to understand what makes my team tick, what makes them function at their best, and what they need from me to do that as they manager or or their leader in in this instance. I like to build a relationship of trust and transparency. I'm a very big believer in keeping them up to date about what's going on within the company's perimeters so that they understand what to look out for and point things in the right direction. But I believe that trust, number one, is one of the key functional attributes that is very important in, in servant leadership, as well as showing your team that you are with them In the trenches, so to speak, you are not averse to also rolling up your sleeves and finding a way with them towards a a solution.
0: Speaking about high-performing teams, in in your view, how would you describe a high-performing team and what do you measure this against typically?
1: For me, a high-performing team is one that takes initiative. After they've settled in, whether they are new or existing, it's about taking initiative. Finding out how they can help and what they can do to support each other and to support the business needs at the end of the day. So high performing team number one would definitely be a team that's mature, that takes initiative, that is also, you know, willing to come forward when they have an issue and they're unable to perform or uh, complete a task. Let's put it that way. Or when they have input around improvements and things that they think we can do better and for me that's key because they have not only the short term goals but then the long term goals of the department in mind as well and making things more efficient for us as a, as a team so definitely taking initiative being mature being able to come forward and saying when you're unable to to do something or to cope but also being willing to share when we can do things better and that includes me as well that includes you know saying to me uh Candace maybe we should do it this way what do you think about that? And I'm very, very open to those type of conversations as well. The, the younger generation does have very interesting ideas when it comes to automation and digitization of legal functions that we usually perform manually. I think it's just part of our DNA as lawyers, but we're moving in a fast paced world now and we need to look at clever ways to support.
0: What do you believe are the most important leadership capabilities for success specifically in a legal function?
1: What I would look for most, um, at the outset at least, uh, one of the key attributes would be attitude and willingness to learn and to grow. And, you know, having somebody that is willing to learn and willing to grow and comes in with a can-do attitude really, really goes a long way in the success of the legal functions. So that would be one of the key capabilities that I would look out for. I think some of the other things as well would be the ability to be adaptable, be resilient. Things are changing all the time. What the status of our economy, there was COVID, the pandemic. There's so many things that we are dealing with, not only in our personal lives, but also you know, from a business perspective. And as in-house counsel, you need to be able to pivot sometimes in various directions (laughs) towards different key stakeholders and try and bring everything into one direction so that the company can find a a way forward and a solution.
0: Yeah, you're clearly very passionate about the the talent and the people that you bring into your teams. What would be your advice to attract and then following that retain and develop talent in, in a legal function?
1: First and foremost, maybe it would depend on what you're hiring for, hiring in a more junior role may not necessarily require lots of leadership attributes, but it's good to see if somebody has, let's say, goals and ambitions to to climb the corporate ladder or, or move up in their skill set. So that would be important. And with your senior team members, your managers, your senior legal counsels, etc., it's really important for them to be able to have autonomy and apply themselves, apply their skills be able to connect with the business um, and key stakeholders as well. It shouldn't be a situation whereby the, the business stakeholders filter instructions via me and then I filter that down to my team. It's very, very important for your team to understand what it is that the business is actually doing. Uh, what you know what does our company stand for? what are our values? These are the products we make or manufacture. Uh, These are the services we provide and um, get a good understanding of those things from a technical perspective as well. So giving them the ability to connect with the business, to understand it and have autonomy would be a very important factor. To keep, a, let's say, an already high performing uh, team or individual or set of individuals, talented individuals, and then retain them. Because as we know, the market is quite strapped for talent and it's very competitive at the moment.
0: You've mentioned in conversation that you do have a followership. So individuals that you have led in the past and, and some individuals that, that follow you in, in your career into your new environments, why do you think they, they do that? And why would they like to join you specifically in your new environment?
1: It's primarily because they find working with me rewarding and They've seen what we can achieve together and they've seen how they've grown as individuals and they've been able to, let's say, fulfill their own goals and passions as individuals and also achieve their targets, KPIs, uh, and other maybe strategic goals within, within these companies as well. So I think it's, it's, it's sort of a mutually beneficial relationship in that sense. And. The fact that we work very well together and we understand what needs to be done. Let me put it that way.
0: You have a strong track record of leadership roles with various multinational entities across diverse sectors. What would you say are the key leadership skills required to successfully navigate the complexities in these types of environments?
1: You have challenges with regards to time zones. There's language barriers. There's cultural barriers. Before you even get to the crux of the legal issue that you're trying to to resolve or to work on, so I think it's very very important for a person in that type of leadership role to have a good overview of what we're actually dealing with in terms of the landscape um you know and that can mean a number of things that can mean you know understanding who your key stakeholders are um. Understanding from a regula- regulatory and a legal perspective, the laws and regulations that you're dealing with within a specific country, understanding the cultures within those different countries, because we have colleagues and stakeholders in those countries as well, because it's important in order to communicate across borders. Um, if you're not able to do that, then it does hinder your chances of succeeding with whatever the task may be.
0: You spoke about the communication across these multiple regions. How do you build those relationships and keep the lines of communication open?
1: So, before COVID, usually that involves travel. So, I think it's important if you get the opportunity, be it for specific, let's say, exercise negotiation or just, let's say, legal conferences, et cetera, to actually go over and visit the offices which you look after if you're not if it's not always possible to do that then it's good to set up regular meetings at least with maybe the managing directors or country managers finance teams as far as possible hr in in those countries to try and build a relationship and actually understand what people are trying to 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 say and to achieve and what are some of the barriers they face in their roles as well because something that's prevalent or culturally culturally acceptable in a country for example like Zimbabwe it may not be the same in South Africa and we need to navigate lots of red tape in terms of regulations when dealing with the treasury or the banks over there. So it's really really important to understand the lay of the land before you get stuck into the detail as well. And relationship building helps helps that immensely.
0: As we know, the only constant in this world is really change. So what, in your view, would it take or does it take to be a successful legal counsel in this rapidly changing world of work
1: specifically? The first thing that pops into my mind is a high level of resilience. But in saying that as well, it's very, very important to pause and step back and not only revitalize your perspective, but also revitalize your mind and body as well. It's also about being able to build that resilience and not push yourself to a point where um, you're unable to deliver on all fronts. So having that ability to step back sometimes is extremely, extremely important. And as a leader, if you have a good team around you, you, you can actually do that from time to time.
0: What do you do to step back? And to revitalize your
1: body and your mind. <laughs> I do enjoy sport and outdoor activity. I try to get to the gym at least three times a week in the morning before I get into the office. So that I can just let off some steam. Um, I also play squash league, which I enjoy. And every day I have to make time, be it <laughs> at 9pm at night or at 6am in the morning. It doesn't really matter to to take my dog out for for walk, so that just gives me some perspective, some fresh air. I'm not just moving from my car to my, to my home and to another building. Sometimes even Mr. the sunshine. So I think just having that really, really helps to strengthen your your perspective and give you that that breathing room you need. What impact do you want to leave behind within businesses? It's it's a tough one because you have to look at it from two perspectives. You have to look after, you know, the short term, let's say, day-to-day activities and make sure that the business is running and, and is supported. But you also have to be a visionary, uh, but somebody that's realistic. So it's it's a delicate balance. And I, I'm not sure if i found that yet, but I'm looking into it to see how I can be better. But I think it's about leaving behind a legacy that shows that you've made some sort of value-adding change to the department, to the team that ultimately benefits the company at the end of the day, that you were more than just the legal advisor, the legal counsel behind the role. Yes, you had that input, and that's very important. That's what we're there for. But you were able to also see and balance the business needs, the other sides, the technical aspects when you supported the business and um, have some sort of a strategic vision as well. And if you're in a company that is Changing and very, very agile in terms of technology, et cetera. It's easy to bring some of these visions and strategies to life uh, to to build a better legal department. I mean, it could be something as simple as putting in place a contract management tool, creating a paperless environment, which creates efficiencies for legal and ultimately the business. So it could be as, you know, something as simple, simple as that. But in order to have that vision, you need to step back sometimes out of the detail. And, and just lift your head up and see where we're headed.
0: I know you're still feeling new in your current environment, but looking ahead, which specific leadership skills and capabilities would you say will be most important for your current company with BMW and specifically in the region to meet its strategic goals over the next three to five years, particularly given all the challenges we are facing in the country at the moment?
1: One of the... Trends or themes that I've spotted in the last four months now would have to be the ability to collaborate with not only my stakeholders here and my colleagues here in South Africa and the business teams here, but also the colleagues and team in Germany and in other parts of the country as well. So I'm becoming a more active member in international practice groups that are set up traveling now as we are to meet our colleagues um, in Germany as well, sharing ideas and just basically supporting each other across borders and building up centers of excellence.
0: Candice, that's it. Thank you very much for taking this time to speak with us today.
1: Thank you, Marianne. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. To make sure you don't miss more future-shaping ideas and conversations, please subscribe to our channel on the podcast app. And if you're listening via LinkedIn, Twitter or YouTube, why not share this with your connections? Until next time.